Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network, and happy Tuesday to everybody, March the 14th, 2023, and certainly hope that your bank doesn't close today. <laughs> uh, joining me in studios, Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Uh, good morning, Tim. I hope my bank doesn't close. <laughs> Fred Jackson. Yeah, it's the question of the day, isn't it? How's your bank doing today? <laughs> But thank you for giving me something else to worry about, Tim. <laughs> there were. Uh, There's something you know that I uh, don't know? Well, didn't the uh, – I, I paid attention to this on the peripheral. I didn't uh, – Walker told me something about this. Didn't Wall Street stop stop trading on banks uh, I think for, they a, did for like, a while yesterday? I think, yeah, I think they usually do like a – little cool down period right something about that people were people were worried about hey yep. what you know when we saw what happened in california to the uh what's the name of that bank oh the uh, silicon valley bank yeah and, and a couple of others people wondered fred what about my bank huh? they were worried they were worried about the run of the bank but what the president announced on sunday night basically don't worry be happy uh, because we got this little fund over here that if you know you've got an account at the bank we're we're going to take care of you and it's a little fund relatively speaking i mean they're like 29 billion dollars 29 billion yeah, yeah it's chump mean, change yeah. well if if banks started folding uh, if several banks started folding that wouldn't hold up long no uh, but uh now the uh, fdic we are all aware of this they insure uh bank deposits up to $250,000 right yes. correct and then after that, you're 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 subject to lose your money. Yes. If a bank uh, goes to goes under, that's so the way it was until Sunday night. Okay. And then Biden. Can you explain this without getting boring? I, I can explain <laughs> it from a strictly well. I guess some stuff has to be boring by nature. Layman's terms. So go ahead. What Biden said at that point, there were two banks that had failed: uh, the the Silicon Valley Bank and the one on the East Coast that. Barney Franks and then uh, sits on the board of directors. So there were two on Sunday night. And what the Biden administration announced is that this fund that banks across the country pay into kind of an insurance policy would cover people beyond the 250,000 level. So um, that kind of eased the stress uh, on everybody in the case of those two. But you're right. I mean, if a dozen banks started to fail that money be gone, right. we'd be in real trouble. But it seems to have calmed things down, at least. Uh, Dow Jones, at least the last time I looked this morning, is doing pretty good. Uh, and, and bank shares have kind of stabilized. But a lot of people are saying what the Biden administration did on Sunday night sets a very dangerous precedent. Because it, it, takes, it, it starts to reward banks who, like the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, that was into venture capitalism, like taking, uh, we're going to give you money to start a high-risk business. And so, and because, and, and the nature has been, if you go out and 
You take a risk and you start a business and it fails, the government's not going to bail you out. Well, now a lot of people are saying, and one of them is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's one of the three uh, that is declared uh, to be a candidate for the Republicans for the president. He talked a little bit about this this morning on Fox and Friends, cut number four. They had a perverse incentive to fearmonger and create the conditions for a bank run because the more likely a bank run was, the more likely it was that they would get that bailout for those tech startups on Sunday night. So, yeah, what he's saying is that uh, the risk has been taken away. I was listening to an interview that Tony Perkins did on his program, Washington Watch, here at American Family Radio last evening. And he was saying, this is very dangerous. This goes against the capitalist system in this country. If if banks are going to be bailed out when they give very risky loans to uh, risky ventures, then uh, we're going to have more problems like this down the road. Uh, this this is not a good precedent. By the way, you're talking about Signature Bank on the East Coast, correct? That also went uh, under. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was I was just looking this up um, in terms of the FDIC federal. Uh, deposit insurance corporation it's gov- it's government entity but uh because I, w- I wanted to find out how many accounts you can have that are each protected up to 250,000 and apparently what it says is that uh, a husband and wife can each have a- an account i know this is a little bit of a side note from what you were talking about each have an account uh that is protected by the FDIC up to $250,000 and then you can op- op- open a joint account that also uh, each has 250000 in that. So up to a million dollars will be covered by the uh, FDIC. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, other than that, you have to go to a different bank and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So to your point now, coming back to your point about this, <clears throat> this bailout fund, I think that is one of the – uh, one of the dangers of what these banks are doing, I, I've been hearing some some of the analysts saying that since it stopped with these two banks, Silicon Valley Bank on the West Coast, Signature Bank on the East Coast, that this might be a wake-up call to banks to make sure you do have a risk officer who's actually working to protect the interests of the bank. But now, to your point, Fred, with the fund – you know, maybe bailing them out if they do make some risky moves, maybe they won't pay attention to what's happened and kind of shore things up. So it's it, this is going to be a double-edged sword. On the one hand, you're protecting people who may have lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably a good thing, but you're not necessarily improving the situation at banks who are doing risky business. Yeah, a couple of other developments overnight. Uh, I just read this uh, coming into the studio. The shareholders of Silicon Valley Bank have uh, have already launched a lawsuit uh, against the bank this morning uh, because they the argument is that they the bank failed to inform these shareholders of the risk of rising interest rates. And, of course, interest rates have been rising pretty steadily over the last several months. In fact, this morning, uh, we understand the uh, inflation rate is around 6%. The next question is, is how the Fed is going to respond to that. Last week, uh, Powell, the head of the Fed, said probably the next increase would be a full half point. Uh, People are now saying maybe they're going to haul back on that. 
But if they do, that raises the danger of furthering inflation. So financially, the country is in not good shape right now. Right. And, 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 and with the Fed, and the belief is the Fed will not continue to raise rates at the rate that they have been to try to quiet inflation down that this inflation will continue, and that's going to create problems. How was right. that? Well, that was interesting. That was it. That, you kept it interesting, Fred. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah. I tried, know, Tim. But, you you know, did, yeah. No, you did. You, you, you did your part, Ed. <laughs> the Federal Reserve, uh, anyway, they're trying to have a balancing act there, uh, walk a tightrope, so to speak, between inflation and recession and, what's, and interest rates and, and all that. Um, all right. Well, uh, what's your next story, Fred? Uh, Donald Trump in Iowa last night had a good night. Big crowd, big crowd. They start lining up early yesterday morning, like, like his rally. It was indoors. Indoors at an event in Iowa and uh, a speech. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. One of his targets was Governor DeSantis of Florida. A little bit of a a sample here. Cut number two. Ron DeSanctis. Did anyone ever hear of DeSanctis? DeSanctimonious. DeSanctis. Now, Ron DeSanctis strongly opposed ethanol. Do you know that? And we don't even know if he's running, but I might as well tell you. If he's not running, I'll say he was fine on ethanol. Don't worry about it. He strongly opposed ethanol and fought against it at every turn. And Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, who is... A rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox and would constantly vote against entitlements. Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here. There you have it. Just a a little taste of the speech last night, which included... The now kind of comments, uh, comments coming from Trump against Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis has the governor of Florida hasn't even announced. That's right. So, um, well, I looked it up in in two thousand eighteen, sixteen or eighteen. I forgot. President Trump endorsed Mitt Romney mm-hmm. in his run for Senate and said he'd make a great senator. Yes. So I. Is it that Mitt Romney that Trump says Ron DeSantis reminds him of, or is it? I don't understand what the what's the what's the point there. Well, I think probably when he uh, who he who's talking he, about Trump when he endorsed Mitt Romney. Um, that's a rhino all day every day. Yeah, I I I I think that what I was going to say is I think that Mitt Romney was not. As unpopular, he was unpopular to a lot of conservatives because of the way the the race he ran against Barack Obama in uh, t- that would be two thousand four, I think. Um, but he has since become really unpopular, and I think it's the modern day Mitt Romney that he's saying Ron DeSantis reminds him of. Well, uh, President Trump went on to say, he told reporters that he's got a new nickname for Governor DeSantis. It's it's Tiny D. Tiny uh, D? Tiny D. Well, he calls him Governor DeSanctimonious. He calls him Ron DeSanctimonious. Right. 
and now he says he's going to call him Tiny D. And he said that, uh, remember this, if it weren't for me, this is Trump talking, <clears throat> Ron, DeSantimo- Ron DeSanctimonious would right now be working probably for a law firm or maybe a pizza hut. I don't know, end of quote. So um, is the pizza hut thing an anti-Italian hut thing? <laughs> I know That's he- what I was wondering. He did call it. He, he said that meatball Ron was too crude. Uh and and we had the little conversation this morning. When you call an Italian a meatball, all right, it's it's an ethnic slur. All right, it's not as bad as calling them a greasy wop, you know, or something like that. Um, but it, it, I think that's the way it's being. And a Pizza Hut's probably. Is this guy? Is President Trump? Is he? He seems to be unserious now. Uh, to me. No, I, I I think I I think he's always he's always had that. We've always said he's combative, and I think going after your opponent in a personal way—that's what he did in 2015, 2016. Remember, he was he was making fun. You of think him. that that'll work again? Um, I don't know. I, I, I the opinion inside AFA here is kind of all over the map in terms of how this is going to play out. I tend to think this is probably going to come be very quickly become a two-person race between DeSantis and Trump that I think might could go all the way to the convention. I, I think it could be that close. So he's going to, in his speeches, he is going to go after DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is his primary? I don't mind him going after. I, I, I don't think many people mind a debate, an honest discussion, right. and talk about policies and issues. But Trump's now going to. Uh, he every time he speaks about the sanctum, uh, he calls him the sanctimonious. Yeah. And tiny, now he's calling him Tiny D. Now is is, is that a compliment though? Because it, he, how tall is Ron DeSantis? He's about six foot. Oh, that's not five eleven. Uh, and, and, uh, anyway, um, I personally don't think this is going to work anymore. Yeah. Uh, this, this fifth grade name calling to put mm-hmm. somebody down. Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, last night, this especially speech, somebody as popular as uh governor DeSantis. Well, this is the thing. Part of the speech last night from uh, the former president, he said that, uh, you know, Ron, Ron DeSantis hasn't done much for Florida that Florida was doing just fine before DeSantis became... He's putting putting down his job performance. Yes, he is. But the reality is, one of the reasons DeSantis got reelected with such a huge margin was because how he responded to COVID, taking away the mask mandates and opening up business. And that's why they're recruiting police officers from all over the country. But Trump says... Trump says, I got him elected. He owes everything to me, his soul mm. included. Talking about DeSantis. Right. So he owes everything to Trump, according to Trump. Mm-hmm. But yet Trump got a man elected who's done squat for Florida, according to Trump. Yes. So I I don't know if that's something to brag about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just don't think it's going to work, whether it affects Trump's numbers in terms of the at the at the – polls when people go vote in the primaries i don't know but i i personally think when he just has these little silly tiny d he'd be working at pizza hut if it wasn't for me he's a groomer of high school girls 
that's what he said about uh, uh, Governor DeSantis. I just don't think all that works anymore nope. with people. We're in, we're in too serious a moment in our country's history. We need leadership. And I think if President Trump wants to project that, he needs to leave, quit slamming and, and slandering people who are who are who are his uh, ideological brothers, yeah, so to speak. You know what I'm saying, right? Because if you're going to do all these kind of personal attacks, should Trump win, he's going to want the support of Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. and and all the Republicans. Right. You know, that's the only chance he would have to beat potentially who Biden or whoever. So why do you want to spend your time attack personally attacking people you want and would need to support you in the end should you win the the Republican nomination? That's I, that's why I don't think it's smart at all to be doing these kinds of things. But you know I don't think Trump listens to anybody no. but himself. Yeah. So um, you're listening to folks. Listen, I know they're uh, hardcore Trump supporters and are listening audience, and that's right. fine. You yeah. know, that's fine. Uh, but uh, we, we are only, and some people get upset when we talk about this kind of topic, but we're only reporting what President Trump said and did last night in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't blame the messenger. Right. If you, if you don't like what we're talking about here, then maybe you need to weigh in with President Trump's campaign and tell him to stop attacking Governor DeSantis. That's that's what I would offer as a you yeah. know. So you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Joining us now is our good friend Frank Tr- uh Frank Trump. <laughs> Boy, I got I got sideways quick, didn't I? Uh, reset this for me, Ed. Yeah, Doctor Frank Turk. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. It starts with a T. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Frank Turk from North Carolina. How you doing, Frank? That's what you think, Tiny Tim. (laughs) (laughs) And Eddie Spaghetti. Uh (laughs) What do you think about Trump's uh, name calling? You think it it helps him? No, I think it's third grade stuff. I mean, you don't need to be doing that. I mean, go go after, if you think DeSantis has done something wrong, go after him on that, but but don't call people names. That's, first of all, in logic, that's called an ad hominem attack it's a fallacy and i know it probably worked for him in the in the 2016 primaries you know low energy jeb well actually low energy jeb actually was true <laughs> right <laughs> he was low energy nobody was excited about him but yeah but no. that's not a personal attack really that's right. that's just having fun yeah and, and i mean ron DeSantis has done a remarkable job in in uh florida and he is a a I think a a good candidate to be president. So you ought to just duke it out with him on the issues if you think you're different from him, but not yeah. calling him names. It's not going to work anyway. The Desant- the sanctimonious. I mean, please, no. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to work either again this time. Uh, if that's I were, what you think, Tiny. If I, Tim. if I were advising Trump, which he doesn't, yeah, I know, which he doesn't seem to listen to anybody, you would pivot and and quit quit doing. It. But he's not going to because he's been yeah. doing it now for couple months but could the reason be that trump cannot go after him on the policies because you know desantis brings in a law to protect parental rights in schools i don't think trump is going to attack desantis on that he removed the mass mandates he did all of those things that's made him very popular so could trump trump can't really criticize him for those things that he's been doing 
I mean, he went after Disney. Is Trump? Well, what, 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 what he what he what he was saying as far as policy goes, uh, guys, is he was Trump said DeSantis was against entitlements. You remember that? And uh, that's an odd thing for a Republican to criticize another Republican mm-hmm. for. But what he was saying, he he said that he said DeSantis wants to decimate Social Security. That, that's the word he said, decimate, and. Uh, that's what he did when he was in Congress, he said, talking about when DeSantis was a House of Representatives mm-hmm. uh, member. He said he wanted to decimate Social Security. I, I, I just don't think DeSantis is going to respond to any of these personal attacks. He hasn't so far and probably wait for the debate stage. And if President Trump wants to criticize him, DeSantis, mm-hmm. at the debate on a policy issue, I think the governor will respond. He's well able to defend his positions, as we've seen before with Governor DeSantis. But if he gets into, you know, calling him names, I think DeSantis will just say, I don't have any response to that. That's been his, um, which I think is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. We really don't have time to get into what we, tell us what you're going to be doing uh, this this uh, with your uh, with this summer. Uh terms of are you going around to college campuses and so yeah, forth? Yeah, in fact, next Monday night, what, uh, let's see, what day would that be? Uh, would be the 20th, I guess, is Monday, right? Correct. Going to be at the University of Vermont. I hope Bernie Sanders is going to leave one of his three mansions and come see us there. Uh, <laughs> oh, those know. socialists. <laughs> That's right. Uh, University of Vermont, uh, I guess it's at 6.30 p.m. It'll be streamed on our Cross-Examine YouTube channel and crossexamine.org website. And then uh, next Thursday, we'll be at uh, the 23rd at Valdosta State University. Again, doing I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. That's down in Georgia. And then uh, the following week, we'll be at uh, Ball State University and Indiana University, Purdue University. It's kind of a joint thing. Uh, All that's on our website, crossexamine.org. So we go to a lot of colleges nowadays. The week after that, we'll be at Ohio State. We're just presenting evidence that Christianity is true, and we take questions. And so we get a lot of uh, Q&A uh, that uh, especially from atheists and skeptics. And you can see all that because we stream all the events, and if people go to our, our cross-examined YouTube channel, they can see a lot of the Q&A. So you're going right into the uh, belly of the beast. The belly of the Vermont. Marxist beast. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So uh, well, you take on, welcome. I've, I've watched some of the, uh, the clips that come across my feed on uh, Facebook and stuff like that. You, you, you take on all comers. So uh, you're not going to be intimidated by going to Vermont. Um, no, and Vermont's a beautiful state. I haven't been to Vermont in a long time, but it really is a beautiful state. And, of course, you know, we always say, well, that's a liberal area. Yeah, it is, but still, um, there's probably 30 or 40 percent of people there who are relatively conservative, right? Right. It's, it's even California. It's probably a 60-40 state or 65-35 state. In fact, there are more Christians in California than any other state. That's right. More there's more Christians well, there's more in people. Los Angeles. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's because there's 39 million people living in California. Of course, very, very, few, a lot fewer in Vermont. But still, it's just the breakdown isn't. You know, it's not 90 10. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so what's uh, what's your website? And what's there? Crossexamined.org. Crossexamined with a D on the end of it. Dot, D on the end of it. Dot org. And we're going to be uh, doing our radio program here in the American Family Radio Network at 9 a.m. Central on Saturday. All right, Flunky Frank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tiny Tim. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being on with us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Safe right, travels, God. and uh, may God bless your uh, your endeavors. Thanks, brother. See you. Okay.
<laughs> He's really he does a great job oh, on, yeah. on college campuses, folks. If you get a chance, go to his website and uh, watch some of those videos. You'll 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 learn a lot by listening to Frank. It's, it's a very popular program over the weekend. Jenna Ellis up next here on today's issue. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach... I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The Tennessee Department of Children's Services is facing controversy over a recent Instagram video. The video showed boys at the Wilder Detention Center getting baptized. One news organization accused DCS of theocratic behavior. They quoted an unnamed pastor who said the video was propaganda. State Senator London Lamar condemned DCS. She said she was annoyed the state was forcing religion on citizens. Well, there's no evidence whatsoever that anyone was forced to get baptized. Senator Lamar claims to be a proud Christian. If so, she would know those who profess Christ typically get baptized as a public display of their new faith. Now, DCS has faced controversy in recent days, but this is one program that ought to be saluted, introducing wayward children to the way, the truth, and the new life. Be sure to get a copy of my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at toddstarns.com or your favorite bookstore. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, and Fred, we thank you for listening. Ed, tell people how they can watch on what you affectionately call that their internet. Absolutely. You have two options. If you want to watch us do radio, you can go to Facebook, search for today's issues, and click through, and you will see the video uh, cast stream of this program. Or you can go to our own website for streaming, which is AFA Streaming, but the website is streaming.afa.net. It's very easy to become a... uh, uh, a participating member there and to be able to have access to watch this show and other shows, but also to see some of the video content we have available, streaming.afa.net. Uh, good morning, Jenna. Good morning and happy Pi Day. It's Today's Pi, Pi Day? Day? It is Pi Day. Todd Starnes was on with me this morning and reminded me of that, and so I went out and uh, got some pie with my coffee because today is, is March. It's three fourteen. I had no idea. This pie day. Listen, I like pie better than cake. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Good piece of apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife would agree with you. She prefers cake to pie. But now you've got me thinking about apple pie. Can't we love all desserts, really, though? <laughs> huh? I mean, yeah. we have to pick. Well, the worst thing is, though, if you get a piece of pie that identifies as a piece of cake, <laughs> that is a real disappointment. Okay? I'm just Speaking saying. of which. Yes. How'd you like that transition? Yes. Transition. Uh, Yeah, you did that on purpose too, didn't you? I'm just uh, on fire. Be careful. I'm on fire. Okay, uh, okay, Jenna, you are a uh, constitutional lawyer, right? Yes, I am indeed. Okay, we're going to ask you a constitutional question now. Fred, we have a couple of, uh, uh, on a a more serious note, we do have a couple of issues that are cropping up across the country that we wanted to ask Jenna about, right? Yeah, uh, well, across the country in Republican-run states, laws are being passed in an attempt to protect girls, particularly girls' sports teams, from having to have members or play against teams that have guys who say they're girls. All right? It's, it's, it's a big issue across this country. Uh, West Virginia being one of the latest states that has passed a law to try to protect girls' sports. It's absolutely amazing to me that the feminist movement in this country, which has waved the flag and shaken the fist for women, are silent on this. It's absolutely amazing. But, Jenna, one of the latest stories, I don't know if you saw this, a uh, Christian school in Vermont, mid-Vermont Christian school, they have a, a girls' basketball team And in a recent tournament, they withdrew their team because they were going to be forced to play against a team that had a guy who has just said, I'm a girl and want to play in the girls team. And what has happened in the last 48 hours is the Vermont Principals Association has said to this Christian school, we are barring you from playing in any future tournaments because of your decision not to play this team. So this battle is raging. Uh, it is against Christian principles, Jenna, but also, I'm, I'm sure constitutionally, uh, law speaking, uh, 
I, I think there's going to be more and more lawsuits uh, against school districts like this who say, no, uh, you can't practice your religious beliefs. Uh, we're, we're going to kick you out of tournaments. Yeah, and, and this case that you mentioned in Vermont really highlights why it's so important for the state legislatures to take up this issue and not leave it up to the individual girls' sports team to have to make that decision. Okay, are we going to jeopardize the health and safety of our female athletes, or are we going to withdraw and forfeit, which is also unfair to the girls as well? And so, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom and our friends there have done a really good job of, uh, of putting out model legislation that has been passed in states around the country and uh, hopefully will be in many more. But, uh, you know, as we're drawing these lines, and and rightly so, to protect biological women, which is the same thing as just saying a woman, in sports, then the progressive leftists are challenging these. And so I actually had um, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey on yesterday morning talking about uh, going to the Supreme Court. They just filed an emergency application late last week uh, to ask the Supreme Court to allow West Virginia to enforce their own law, which is a ban on transgender athletes participating in girls' sports. And so we hope that he does prevail and that ban is... um, is is ultimately lifted that that injunction so that the law can continue to uh, be enforced in West Virginia. I have a solution. I think everybody would be happy with. Okay. A tongue halfway in cheek. Yeah. Just have boys sports, girls sports, and other. And if you fall into the other, then you go play in that league. You go play in that uh, on that team. Uh, yeah, but that's not going to make. The trans community happy because they they would say we're not other like you know the the case of these boys playing on girls teams their argument is Jen I'll get you to comment on this their argument is I am a girl so by putting me in the category of other you're denying my womanhood I mean, isn't is- that what they say Jenna. Yeah, and, and of course, they're going to say that other is somehow uh, discriminatory, but but also just from a practical reality, I mean, you think that, you know, the, the NCAA is having a really hard time getting funding for, you know, women's sports because nobody really wants to watch women's basketball. I mean, who wants to watch transgender team sports? I mean, you know, they're going to have a really hard time <laughs> with scholarships, with some of these other things. But this is exactly why preserving women's sports to just actual women um, is so important because a lot of these men who are participating in women's sports are taking their scholarships. They're uh, taking other opportunities. Like you look at uh, Leah Thomas, who, of course, is the transgender, the male swimmer up at um, in, in the school in Pennsylvania, who actually took a spot because um, of of winning first the female athlete that should have placed 10th in order to get into that bracket was then denied the opportunity to participate further because of Leah Thomas. So, you know, there are actually some feminist groups that um, interestingly, this is maybe the one issue where the, we as Christians overlap with, uh, with feminism, where they are challenging this and trying to preserve the integrity of genuine um, biological differences between men and women. Jenna, I don't know if you've seen the comments from uh, President Joe Biden just in the last couple of days, last day, I think, where he has said it is sinful, sinful the way Florida is handling trans the transgender issue. He says it's sinful to not let children 
decide to mutilate themselves. Here's the, here's the president talking about this. Cut seven. But transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, 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 what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Jenna? Well, I would love to know how Joe Biden thinks uh, sin is defined and where he derives his morality from, because this is the same president that is completely pro-choice to have a state-funded abortion on demand for murder of unborn children, and now he wants to have... Uh, surgeries for minors that, of course, they wake up one morning and say, you know, mom, dad, I'm a boy, but I feel like a girl. And then the parents are and, and the teachers and everyone is supposed to just give in to this so-called inclination and whim. That's exactly what's happening. And so but this is what the leftists do is that they manipulate terms. They try to go on emotion based a feeling for their argument. And for for Joe Biden to suggest that it's cruel to not give in to the inclination of a six year old or a nine year old to to cut off their uh, their genitalia. And somehow it's cruel to not yield to that inclination, and it's not cruel on the on the flip side to alter their bodies permanently, is is absolutely absurd, and that's denying reality. But we know that you know, I mean Joe Biden can't even read a teleprompter, much less um, you know understand reality. But it's just it's making a mockery of the inherent dignity of every human being that's made in the image of God. You know, Jenna, you mentioned uh, denying reality. You can you can play these kind of mind games for a while and deny reality, but reality always has a habit of slipping in uninvited. And while I was listening to President Biden say, you think that a boy wakes up one morning and says, I, gee, I think I want to become a girl. That When you say a boy wants to become a girl, you've got to start with a definition of what a boy and a girl is. Because if a boy says, I feel like a girl, that has to be a something that he feels like that's different from being a boy. Yet these people refuse to define what a woman is, <laughs> even even in terms of our latest Supreme Court justice. Katanji Brown Jackson, when asked to define what a, what is a woman, she said, well, I'm not a biologist. But when you say I'm a boy, I was born a biological male. I've been a boy, but now I feel like a, a, a woman. I believe I'm a woman. What's a woman? What is it that you're transitioning into? <clears throat> That's where reality always comes crashing into this kind of mindless uh, game that they're playing. Yeah, that that's a great point, and you know, the leftists... I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just, huh? I, I share Ed's great point, <laughs> Jenna. Go ahead. But you know, but the, but the leftists, you know, they want to. Uh, argue for transgenderism and, you know, you, again, use these terms like doctors who assign a sex at birth as if it's the doctor's choice and it's not just observation 
of biological reality. But you're right. I mean, when we start with something and we're saying there's a transition that happens, well, you have to go from A to B. You can't just say, well, we don't know what you are. And, you know, this has been assigned at birth on no rational basis. But now you want to transition from this thing that we haven't even clearly defined. I mean, then they get into patently absurd arguments. And right. and so they're, you know, it, it's what um, Francis Schaeffer and, and other uh, worldview scholars have always called, you know, the tension point where the worldview that is inconsistent with, with reality crashes into the biblical worldview. And that's the tension point when a rational person says, well, wait a minute, I think I need to, to modify my thinking and come in line with reality. Right. Talking to Jenna Ellis. Jenna is a host of Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Heard weekdays, uh, 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time, right here on American Family Radio. Who's your guest tomorrow? Yes, yeah, so we have um, some great guests. We're actually, uh, so Representative uh, Jim Jordan will be with us um, actually on Thursday, I believe. And so we have um, a few others tomorrow. And uh, looking forward, though, to getting that update from Jim Jordan. We also have everything that you ever wanted to know about Tulsi Gabbard uh, on Friday. So she's going to be our guest on Friday. And I'm really looking forward to that because um, I don't know if you know, knew this, Tim, but uh, Tulsi was actually homeschooled all the way through. K through 12, and she's going to talk about that experience. Actually, I may have told you this, Jenna, but this would have been, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering back to the 80s now, I think, either the 80s or early 90s. <clears throat> anyway, there was a gentleman in Hawaii who was kind of the, the, the organizer of the resistance to, at that time, was a homosexual uh, marriage. Uh, I think that was around 95, 96, somewhere. Okay, there. That, that, there was a, that's kind of, if I remember right, kind of where it started in the U.S. was in Hawaii. There was a battle going on there to accept uh, homosexual uh, marriage. And uh, it was Tulsi Gabbard's father who we were working with at the time. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe she was 10. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She was probably in the, a young girl in the home yeah. of uh, the Gabbard family. But uh, anyway, that's uh, so... So it doesn't surprise me when you tell me that she was homeschooled by her parents back even back then. I was just thinking that, Tim. In Hawaii, what? About Tulsi's father. Yeah. Was, it's amazing. I was oh, well, just thinking the same thing. You know, the old expression, <laughs> great minds think alike, and uh, great minds remain humble. Jenna, you have some great guests. Wow, that, that's that's yeah, quite a week. She, she, Jim Jordan and then Tulsi Gabbard. She's an establishment insider. <laughs> uh, who's, well, uh, got, got connections. She's well connected there in DC. Yeah. Yes, un- unfortunately, yeah. you've outed me as as a rhino. But you know, but a lot of times it's it's uh, people accuse me of being rhino R H I N O. I'm not really sure what they think the H stands for. You, you mean know? when they call you a rhino, they yes. call you an R H I N O? And I'm always laughing, thinking I'm not a you know I'm not on a safari, but all right. So maybe the H is for hot. They that, that's you know they keep well, accusing me of that too. So. I know I'm Italian, and my nose has call, has led some people to call me a rhino, but with the H. Oh wow! So uh, you know maybe yeah. that's all right. I think me. we need to end this segment. Move along here. That's yeah, all right. Transition. There yes. Yeah. There you go again. <laughs> you notice I you. got very quiet. I know. We need yes. that. We do need that word back, though. We need to reclaim that word. Uh, transitioning. All right. Thank you, Jenna. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. That's Jenna Ellis joining us from our nation's capital. Man, that's quite a lineup she's got. I know. And she gets some some good mm-hmm. guests. And yep. uh, Sandy Rios was the same way. Yeah. She'd get 
excellent guests on. So it does help when you know people and have worked with people for a long time. They trust you. Uh, but it's great for our network to have someone like Jenna on. It's just she was a real find. Uh, Tim, Ed, and Fred, we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, it's comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Fred, next story. Well, America, uh, if you love your washing machine, you should go give it a hug today. (laughs) Give it a hug. Because if Joe Biden's energy department has its way, your washing machine is headed for the dump. Here's the headline. Biden washing machine rule would make Americans dirtier and stinkier mm-hmm. and raise prices. The climate change agenda mm-hmm. uh, just has a new target as of uh, the last several days. You well, know, they, they, they talked about getting rid of your gas stoves mm-hmm. not too long ago. Now they're coming after your washing machine. They say your washing machine uses too much water. And uh, it's a washing machine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know that a lot of the washing machines today, the newer ones, they've already reduced water down to a half or a third of what the old by old. I mean, probably 10 years older. Not good machines. enough. Not uh, good enough. Listen, are I- we running out of water? Well, in some parts of the question. country, they do have some issues. But in the south, we we don't run out of water. We have t- t- plenty of water. Let me just say this. If these people had their way, now I'm being, I'm being serious about this. It's going to sound like I'm just uh, engaging in uh, hyperbole. I'm not. If they had their way, they would limit how many showers you could take a week. Yep. I mean, that's, that's how controlling these people are or would want to be. In the name of what, though? In the in the name of conserving water and <clears throat> taking care of our beloved planet. Yeah. So so they would say we are running out of water. Yep, we're running out of water. But here's the thing. Uh, you notice it also will raise prices because it's going to force the Whirlpools, the Maytags. They're going to have to develop new washing machines. Right. So, which will cost a whole lot more than what you're paying now. Mm. Which is the point. Up the point of saying we're going to get rid of all gas-powered uh, vehicles, internal combustion engine, we're going to go with the more expensive. And, and, and I've said on this program, if you can get electric vehicles to be A, B, and C and work out all the kinks, long-lasting battery, all that kind of stuff, fine, that's good. Give people the choice, all right? Mm. But raising the price, this is their this is their go-to tactic because if you have to pay more, you'll – do less. Yeah. This is why they want to add taxes to gasoline and tax you or or tax you by the mile that uh-huh. you drive. Uh-huh. We, we don't we okay, yeah. the people in charge of your life, we don't want you driving as much. We think it's bad for the environment, so we're going to tax you so that you your behavior aligns with our goals. I so don't, I don't think the Republican Congress would do this. Is this a is this like a one of the three-letter uh, federal agencies that yeah, energy that basically are running our country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's you know it's the kind of thing that the American people I I think are just this this is when they find out about these kinds of things. What's in the climate change agenda? This is the kind of stuff the American people are just going to rebel against. Yeah. They're not going to they're not going to have this. Well, they. 
they will if that's they will have to uh, deal with it if the whirlpool and Maytags and of these other companies are forced by the federal government yeah. to only make washing machines to do if that's all you can buy what choice will you have mm. well I'm telling you dig a well <laughs> huh? I, I, people need to wake up to this encroaching big state mentality that is going to squeeze your liberties to death, strangle it. Listen, yes, that's right. But if you vote for Democrats, this is what you get. Elections have consequences, don't they? Yeah, if you vote for Democrats, you're going to get all, all these crazy regulations. Now, they would say they're not crazy. The planet's died, <laughs> and we must save it by not using uh fossil fuels that includes you know don't use gasoline for your lawnmower right uh don't have uh gas stoves don't don't have uh now what do you say today washing machines that that uh are more energy efficient and more efficient with water usage yeah and now biden he said we're we're gonna switch over was it 10 years from now from i have that clip he's still saying we need fossil fuels but but Cut number six. We're going to need fossil fuels for at least the next 10 years. I've said no more drilling off our ocean. I mean, the whole range. But there still has to be, there has to be the ability to generate some energy. But we can get rid of coal much more rapidly. China is ramping up production of coal-fired mm-hmm. plants. China is actually increasing two coal-fired plants per week, despite the fact they have about 1,100. We only have 250. We're producing no new gas-fired plants in Texas, for example. Texas. Texas is about to be 50% wind and solar because of the massive federal subsidies distorting the market. That was Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. So the, the climate change agenda isn't just being talked about. It is being put into reality. And folks need to be aware of this. I mean, Joe Biden, we talked about this yesterday, and we've talked about it many times before. Keystone... Uh, was ended first day that Joe Biden right. became president of the United States. So this is this is a, a very very aggressive agenda on this front, and I think the Americans are starting to see it. You know, when you go to the pump every time, you know this this is what's going on. You know, they still demonize the oil and the gas companies, but the oil and the gas companies are saying we got a president who's anti fossil fuel. Why would we invest billions of dollars developing? Oil and gas fields. But the hypocrites on the left, including our president, okay, we just heard President Biden talking about we will need fossil fuels for a while, but no more new drilling. Meanwhile, he goes to Saudi Arabia. Yes. Remember? Yes. Six months ago and says, please drill more Mm -hmm. so that our gas prices go down and we don't have to take a blow during the midterms. So which is it, Mr. President? Why are you asking Saudi Arabia to drill more so we get cheaper gas prices, but you won't drill here. You know what? Uh, Even if you believe in man-made global warming, which I do not, if you believe in man-made global warming, I I got some news for you, and it's very fatalistic, but it's the hard reality. China and India are the two, number one and number two, polluters in the world. If you believe in 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 pollution as carbon uh, emissions and things of that nature, coal. <clears throat> and guess what? They're not changing. No. Nope. Ever. 
No. Well, Chip Roy just said that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so um, making life harder and more difficult, more expensive for Americans in the name of saving the planet doesn't mean anything in reality for the reasons I just mentioned Mm -hmm. and others. So it might make you feel good, but it doesn't affect the environment if that's what you're saying you want to uh, change. Now, we mentioned this before. Uh, this is my own theory. Uh, I don't, you know, when I, but but I, I, I could back it up and I could get experts on here who support me. All right? And that is this. <clears throat> this is a uh, device of the left and the globalists to control the American economy. Yes. Okay. They're trying to scare Americans to death on global warming. That's why they always say the planet's going to end in 10 years or 20 years. They put it out there just far enough where you think I can do something to save it, but you never get to that point because 10 years from now, they'll be saying we got 10 more years. Right. Okay. So this is all, uh, I don't know who ultimately is behind the curtain. Uh, I say globalists. I don't know who they are. Uh, Illuminati. I mean, people who want to control the uh, Chinese. I don't know. People who want to control the American economy. All right. So how do you control the American economy? You scare Americans to death so they accept all these regulations, right? Mm-hmm. And all these laws and, and shutting down this industry and that industry, shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Why do you do that? So you can ultimately control the American ec- economic uh, system. To what end exactly? I don't, I haven't figured that out except that. Maybe China and or socialists. I, I we we're out of time, but I have a, you? I have a I have a. This is a good tease for the next yeah. segment. So I'm you're going to come back. I'm going to tell you why I think they want to control the American. Okay. Economy. All right. We'll we'll hear from. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a name. Swami for, Swami Vatagnyan. Uh, we'll make his. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.